Welcome to Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, a $1.1 billion acquisition, two FDA approvals, and grants for mRNA vaccines. The views expressed on Life Science today are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations with which they are affiliated. Novo Nordisk announced the $1.1 billion acquisition of Forma Therapeutics last week. The deal brings Forma's full pipeline into Novo with a key focus on their lead candidate, Itavopavat which is entering late-phase studies for sickle cell disease, along with early-phase clinical studies focused on rare hematologies. Forma has three additional preclinical molecules and four early-stage clinical candidates. Just over a month ago, Forma announced the post-NDA partnership with Regal Therapeutics to develop, commercialize, and manufacture their oncology therapy, alutacidinib. The deal was much smaller with just $2 million up front, but with more than $215 million for future milestone payments. The choice by Novo to move towards sickle cell targets is interesting. On the one hand, they have clear experience in hemophilia and a late-stage pipeline aligned with blood disorders. They also have a very early-stage sickle cell candidate. But the sickle cell space is fairly crowded right now, with a wide range of therapeutics and even gene therapies targeting the condition. Novo seems to think there's room for a range of therapies to target this condition and hopes to capture part of that market. With an investment of $1.1 billion, I suspect Novo sees more than a single therapeutic opportunity here. Instead, I think they've flagged Forma as a relatively safe bet. After all, they have clinical partnerships for two of their candidates. The Forma pipeline pushes Novo further into rare hematologies. It's not clear if Novo will pass off, sell, or continue to develop the early clinical oncology therapies from Forma. If Novo wants to win in the sickle cell space, though, they'll need to be quick on the draw, as a number of other companies are moving in. For example, Pfizer's $5.4 billion acquisition of Cerevel we covered just a few weeks ago. Sanofi received FDA approval to treat adults and children with the rare genetic disease acid sphingomyelinase deficiency, ASMD, with xenopozyme. This is the first and only treatment approved that is specific to ASMD. However, with just 120 patients across the entire U.S., this is truly an ultra-rare disease. Like so many ultra-rare diseases, the clinical development was years in the making, taking more than a decade to launch and eventually enroll sufficient patients within a clinical trial to validate any kind of meaningful therapeutic value, along with the safety of the medication. The enzyme replacement therapy should hit the markets later this year and will hopefully extend the life and quality of life for those suffering from ASMD. In a second rare disease approval, Boehringer Ingelheim has gotten the green light from the FDA to treat generalized pustular psoriasis, GPP, flares with Spivigo. During the clinical trial, after a single intravenous dose, 54% of participants showed no pustules compared to just 6% in the placebo control. GPP impacts approximately 1 in 10,000 people, making it rare, but impacts a far larger number than the ultra-rare disease like ASMD mentioned before. 
GPP is a severe condition that is not only painful, but can be life-threatening, making this approval critical for those impacted by the condition. Spivigo works on GPP by blocking interleukin-36, which plays a key role in auto-inflammatory conditions. This marks Boehringer's first approved medication in a dermatological condition, though BI classifies it as an immunological product. Whether they will look to expand their dermatology pipeline in future is yet to be seen. Long before the COVID-19 pandemic, governments, and particularly the U.S. government, made investments into the pharmaceutical industry to directly prepare for potential infectious biological events. For example, stockpiling smallpox vaccines. This investment saw significant expansion during the pandemic for vaccines particularly. From an economics perspective, the investment into COVID vaccines and therapies is relatively small compared to the larger cost of COVID response, and many economic models argue they are disproportionately effective in their ROI in retaining a healthy and productive population. While this may be up for debate, what isn't is that governments will continue to invest in vaccines for the future. While we have moved into a phase where the pandemic is steadily becoming endemic, preparedness for the next global event is underway. In line with this, the biotechnology company Arcturus Therapeutics has received a $63 million grant from the U.S. government through BARDA to develop a preclinical mRNA vaccine platform specifically focused on influenza and ultimately take this product through phase one clinical trials across the three years of the grant. The goal here is not just to develop a novel influenza vaccine, though that's part of the process, but to prepare an mRNA platform for rapid development and scalability in response to potential future pandemics. The award represents a significant fiscal win for the biotechnology company looking to raise capital in a tight market. It's likely the funds will continue to flow to similar organizations in the next several years as pandemic preparedness remains a high priority target for national defense as well as scientific and pharmaceutical development. Thanks for joining me for Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. Learn more on lifesciencetodaypodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson. I'll see you next week. Thank you.